0: Good morning, Church on the Trail. If you would stand, we're going to jump right into worship this morning. Jesus. Yeah for the work on the cross. It's only because of what he did on the cross and for the resurrection that we can stand with So mm-hmm. How you love me so, so we sing Jesus, you are more than enough We sing Jesus, you are more than enough For we sing Jesus, you are more than enough For me Father, we thank you that you We thank you that you never change. Whether that provision is something emotional, something spiritual, it's a food need, it's a financial need, it's a healing need, you are our provider. You are the source that never runs dry. You are living water. Father, your word is like bread that brings life. It's like sweet honey on our lips so father whatever it is right now that we need provision for we thank you that you already know the need before we've asked you for it our confidence is in you it's in your track record because you've never let us down you've never failed and we know that you never will so father we give you all the glory all the honor all the praise and all of this in jesus name we all say together amen you can be seen
1: good morning church on the trail glad that you're with us whether you're in person or maybe you've joined the worship experience by clicking the link and you're watching the live feed or watching this video at some point in the future we're glad that you're with us my name is richard part of the leadership team here at Church on the Trail. I'm obviously not with you. I'm coming to you from high atop the uh, Cancer Center at University of Virginia Hospital in Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm here. My son Derek is uh, having one of his follow-up appointments today. Thank you for the prayers for Derek. He's doing much better. Now listen, I want to take just a quick minute and tell you about some exciting things going on at Church on the Trail. So listen up. Serve week starts next Monday. That's right. One week from tomorrow is Serve Week. And during Serve Week, we're going to spend every evening from Monday, May 10th through Friday, May 14th. And we're going to gather here at the church every evening that week from 5.30 to 9 p.m. And we're going to do some projects around the building. We're going to spruce things up around our church building. Take stuff off the walls, do a little painting, work on some stuff. You know, we're gonna make our building look even more awesome than it does now. So, we hope you'll be a part of Serve Week. Come to the Connections desk in the hallway. Sign up and let us know you'll be a part. We appreciate everything you do to serve at Church on the Trail. And we're never more like Jesus than when we serve. It's gonna be awesome, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So pick a night or several nights that week and join Serve Week. We are excited about partnering with Sound Choices Pregnancy Center, which is a wonderful organization that helps pregnant moms choose life. So we're in this partnership that we're starting, we want to support them, and there's a really creative way that we can do that. We're inviting all the church family to participate. It's called the Baby Bottle Boomerang Challenge. What is Baby Bottle Boomerang? Well, I'm glad you asked. Baby Bottle Boomerang is a way that we can all contribute and financially support Sound Choice's pregnancy center. So here's how it's gonna work. Starting next Sunday, which is Mother's Day, we're gonna have out in the hallway, there'll be a display in our, in our hallway, and it will have these, they're piggy banks, but they're shaped like baby bottles adorable and what you can do we're asking every family to take one and between mother's day and father's day take this baby bottle boomerang piggy bank and you put all your spare change in there you put your spare bucks in there and then you bring it back on father's day sunday we collect them and then we'll donate all of the that spare change and those loose bucks to uh, the Pregnancy Center, to Sound Choice's Pregnancy Center. It's a pretty cool thing, and we hope you'll participate. Again, it starts next Sunday, Mother's Day. and runs all the way through Father's Day. We hope you'll be a part of Baby Bottle Boomerang. And to give you a little bit more of an idea of what Sound Choice's Pregnancy Center is all about, take a look at this short video.
2: We serve the women and girls of this community who are facing an unexpected pregnancy. We provide free pregnancy testing, ultrasound, pregnancy education from our medical staff, um, referrals to community resources, and ongoing support. Um, We do this so that um, these women will know that they are not alone in their pregnancy, um, that they have someone who will listen to them and walk alongside of them. Um, and show them that they matter and that the life of their baby matters. Um, We are so thankful for all of the area churches and businesses and individuals who support this ministry. Um, We want you to know that what you give, the way that you support, the way that you pray for this ministry, it does not go unnoticed, and it is making a huge difference in the lives of women and babies all across this community. So thank you.
3: Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you can now. Um, we are super excited and proud of the partnership with Sound Choices. Uh, <clears throat> you know, 50 women last year chose life rather than abortion through the ministry at, at Sound Choices. 50. That's 50 babies, 50 lineages that would have ended, that didn't end because of the ministry of Sound Choices, and know that every single person the reality is probably the gospel gets shared more at sound choices than than all the churches in Columbus combined every single human that walks through the doors of that clinic the gospel is shared with them every single one of them and so it's an incredible facility and in ministry and we are very very thrilled to partner with them and so we want every family to get at least one of those bottles they're about that tall maybe and just get them filled up with change for that month but month or so between Mother's Day and Father's Day and then we're gonna give that to them. It's their biggest kind of fundraiser uh, each year and it's all funded through private donations, by Sound Choices is. This. So um, I wanna say this as well before we jump into the message. If you, this is your first time here or, or if you've been here however long but you've never gotten one of these little welcome kits, I'd ask you to raise your hand and Lynn will get one in your hand. There's a connection card in there if you'll fill that connection card out let us know that you were here and take that connection card to the welcome desk right out here there's a fabulous prize for you out there it's actually a coffee mug but it's a really cool coffee mug Um, and we would love to get that get that in your hands as well if you've got prayer needs or anything that connection card and there's one in the seat back in front of you too is a way to connect with us if it's a prayer need or whatever it is that's a way to 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 connect with uh, with our staff and and with the folks that serve around here. We got, we're in the time in our, and you saw that Richard is in Virginia spending two weeks with his son uh, <clears throat> while he just, Derek just got out of the, kinda got released from the hospital and they're staying in a hotel attached to the hospital and, and they have that, somebody's gotta be there with him 24 seven so it's a blessing that Richard is able to work remotely for two weeks and so he's up there with Derek, And so I, you know, we're in this time in our service now in our worship experience, where we're going to worship the Lord through the receiving of an offering, and you'll see behind me the different ways that you can you can give, whether it be Venmo or or our website. There's a kiosk out front. There's a tithing envelope in the seat back in front, and you can uh, give through that and put it in one of the black boxes. There's one here and, and out there. But I want you to know the way that we and I think the biblical way of of looking at the stuff that you're Your resources and the way that we look at that is that it fuels the ministry. It fuels the things that go on in our uh, in our church family. The influence that we have out well in these walls and outside of these walls, whether it be the the kids' ministries, where while we're in here talking about Jesus, the kids are over there talking about Jesus. It fuels that. It fuels the foster care prevention ministry. It fuels the homeless ministry. It fuels the uh, assisted living ministry called Joyful Hearts and we're going over to, uh, to one of the assisted living centers and having worship with them and communion with them and sharing Christ with them and, and the generosity of the people in our church is what makes all of that stuff uh, possible really and so I want to thank y'all for your generosity I want to pray a little blessing over that and then we'll jump into uh, to end our message Lord We thank you for being who you are. For thank you, we thank you for being exactly who you say you are. And Lord, we're grateful for the opportunity to be generous, for the opportunity to give, for the opportunity to fuel the kingdom. Lord, we pray today that every nickel that comes through this little church that it would be used to lead people that don't know you into a relationship with you. That it would be used for those that do know you to help them grow. Lord, let us be good stewards of the resources. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, y'all, so we are in a, in a by the way, my name is Ed Griffin-Hagan. I'm one of the pastors on the staff here at Church on the Trail. Richard that was up on the screen is our men's pastor. You met Sam Creswell this morning who is an interim worship leader for us. Worship was great this morning, it was great. <clears throat> you know we're in, uh, in the fourth week of a series called Easter Challenge. We started on Easter and then we had a break last week in the, in the series with Big Lee. How many of y'all were here when Big Lee preached last week? Big Lee is the bomb. Uh, so we had a little break but we're in the last week of this series called Easter Challenge. Next week is Mother's Day. We'll have a special message And then we're going to kick off a series where we walk through the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, where we walk through that book verse by verse. It's going to be a great series uh, when we jump into that on Acts. But I want to tell you, I want to start off today talking about a woman. Her name was Cynthia Manley. Cynthia Manley, she realized that she had, this is three years ago, she realized that she only had 20 minutes to live. And in that 20 minutes, she figured that she better uh, take that time that she had left and reach out and text and be in communication somehow with her two daughters. She had a daughter named Elena and a daughter named Alyssa. And so uh, her daughter, Elena, was a student at Seattle University. And she texted Elena and she said, Stay strong and no matter what happens, take care of you and take take care of yourself and take care of your sister. Find a way to get to California. Uh, as soon as you can, and be a family," she said. She said, "Elena, I love you so much." And then she she texted uh, her daughter Alyssa, Alyssa, and she wrote, she said, "No matter what happens, no matter what happens, finish school, get your degree, have a good life, be successful, and take care of your sister." What is it that you would do if you knew that you had 20 minutes to live? Only 20 minutes to live what would you do, like what would you, what would you say? Now it turns out Cynthia Manley had way more than 20 minutes to live. In fact, she and most of the state of Hawaii uh, is, are still here today, and if y'all remember, some of you, if you remember when that happened in January 2018, anybody remember that? Well good, I'll tell you what happened. January of 2018, a state worker for the, for the state defense, whatever, notification department in Hawaii, hit a wrong menu item for the state alert system and it sent an alert to the entire state of Hawaii that said ballistic missile threat inbound uh, to Hawaii seek immediate shelter this is not a drill and it was about a half for about a half an hour the entire state of Hawaii thought that they were all gonna die in a nuclear holocaust there was video of, of parents pulling manhole covers off the street and shoving their kids down in there thinking that that would make them safe now fortunately It was a happy ending for just about everybody, I'm sure, except that dude that pushed the wrong button on the state alert system. I'm imagining that he got canned. But here's the the deal. I think that that was probably a gift. That event was probably a gift for a lot of folks. Because I bet you it caused a lot of people to really look and think about what really matters in life, what is really truthfully important and i thought this week as i was working on this message i thought what would i do if i knew or believed that i had 20 minutes left to live and i'd like to think that i would find the most crowded place i could and deliver this most passionate jesus focused gospel centered altar cally that's probably not a word altar cally is the adjective for altar call i guess somebody hashtag the altar cally message to try to lead as many people in this last 20 minutes lead as many people to Christ as possible. Now if it actually happened, I hope that I would that I would do something as noble as that, but but I don't really know. I do know this either way, the thought of 20 minutes left probably gives us some real perspective on the things that matter, on what's important and what it and the things that that we do right here in the days that we live. That alert that happened in, uh, in in Hawaii, it is not unlike an alert that would guide how you and I ought to live every day of our lives. Whether it happens in 20 minutes or whether it happens in 20 years, me and you are going to stand at some point before a holy God and we will give an account for our lives. We will give an account our lives and Jesus may return in a few weeks or he may return in a few centuries, like I don't know but whether or not we are in the last days or not, I can be pretty certain that all of us in this room are in our own last days and if you are if you are in Christ, if you are a new creation if if you have said yes and the blood of Christ has bought you and you've been redeemed and you are a believer, then that conversation on that last day is kind of loosely already been scripted. It's Matthew chapter 25, look at verse 23. Jesus said it, it will go something like this. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Enter into the joy of your master. Here's what we know it is only by faith it is by faith alone in Christ alone that you will spend eternity with him only there's not 50 different ways it is by faith alone in Christ alone that me and you will spend eternity with him but I think and I believe that there's probably three things that me and you can affect on this earth that will carry on that will carry with us into that that will carry with us uh, into that eternity with Christ number one it is who you become in Christ number two it is the glory that you bring to his name and number three it is the impact that me and you have on other people it is the effect that we have on other people's lives the impact that we have on them now y'all I love me some Rudy Y'all know I love me some Rudy, but I'm just not positive, and some, don't be throwing darts when I say what I'm about to say. I'm just not positive that our dogs and cats enter into the glory of eternity with us. I, I just don't know. I know that our stuff doesn't. Our stuff just doesn't go with us. Most of all, I'm certain that me and you, the Lord, are eternal. We are eternal. We're going to be somewhere for eternity. And because His love endures forever, Scripture tells us that, His love endures forever, everything that me and you do, do during our life to bring glory and honor and praise to His name, that endures forever as well. That travels into eternity with us. Because you last forever, me and you last forever. The things that we do to affect change, the things, the way that we grow and and the way that we become more like Jesus, the way that we become more Christ-like, that goes on forever. Because the people in your world, in your sphere of influence, your friends and your family, the people that are closest to you, because they are eternal. Every time that you touch somebody's life, for good or evil, every time that you touch somebody's life, the impact that you have goes on and on and on. Now remember, we're, we're in week four of this Easter challenge thing. And if you remember, I, I've given you a couple of different challenges. The first challenge was to up, for us to up our game on being in church, physically being in church. Because there's nothing like being locking in arms with other believers. Yeah, I'm grateful for YouTube and Facebook, for sure. But there's nothing like worshiping corporately together. Locking arms together. Serving Him together whether that's serving as in tots or kids or on the Greek team, we should all be serving, y'all. We should be serving each other. You can't be the same on the bad side of the cross as you are on the good side. And when you're on the good side of the cross, you ought to want to serve each other. So up our game a little bit on our church attendance, on being here. None of that saves you, though. Get that. It's not a box to check. I also challenged y'all to get in, to dig in to the Word 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day. Raise your hand if, if you can say last 10 days, I spent at least 10 minutes in the Word every day. Now know that if you spent 20 minutes in it one day, it don't count for two days. <laughs> you got to be in the Word every day. Just do it 10 minutes a day or more. Do it 10 minutes a day. Now today I want to bring... Our focus and the challenge is going to revolve around this, but I want to bring the focus to the impact that me and you have on other people's lives. Paul wrote, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. Paul said, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, because of that, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, We persuade others. We persuade others. Now what you do, what I do works-wise or what I do with other people, that does not save me. So don't hear that. It doesn't save me. That doesn't get me the ticket into heaven, but it will go with us. The impact will go with us into heaven. We know that everybody who believes on the name of Jesus Christ, everybody who repents, confesses, with their mouth that he is the Lord and believes in their heart that he was raised from the dead, they're going to heaven. They're going to live. Uh, everybody that does that is going to live for eternity with him. And everybody that lives for eternity with him is going to be rewarded according to what we've done. According, it, That doesn't get us into heaven, but if you are bought by the blood and you are saved, you will be rewarded for what you've done, for what you've done with other people, what you've done for other people. Now, let me ask you this what is it that we're supposed to do with other people what is it well Paul tells us in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 he says we persuade others we persuade others now that word seems a little negative in the in the culture that we live in it seems a little salesman-y it seems like co- maybe you could see de- it's deceptive a little bit it's Coercive a little bit, but that's not what that word meant in the original language. We've done that in English. That word means to move or to affect with kind words and compassion and motives to move somebody to receive a belief, to move somebody towards the cross with kind words and compassion, not whopping them upside the head, not deceiving them, not coercing them but through kind words and kind actions and compassionate words to move them towards. That's what persuade means biblically. Now, I wish that, that, I wish that it, this existed. I wish I could give it to you. Some magic formula, some magic bullet answer that worked some one-size-fits-all for persuading everyone. It just doesn't exist. But I think there's some really incredible tools. For example, there's a writer. His name's Bill Bright. He wrote the four spiritual laws, and the four spiritual laws several years ago. They'll quickly walk you through or walk a person through their need for Christ and how salvation works and how to lead somebody to the cross. But I think, and I think you'd be well to to look them up. Google them. Bill Bright, the four spiritual laws. Don't do it right now, though. Listen to me. Write it down and do it later on. But if just telling people the four spiritual laws would just in mass convert the whole world then it would already it would already be done by now and the reason that it's not is because everybody every different person is at a different place every different person is at a different a different spot on this it's cliche to say but on their faith journey everybody is spiritually in a different place and you have if you had this line this spiritual line and, and you got down here is, is the God-hater. Down here is the vehement atheist. Of course, if he's a God-hater and he calls himself an atheist, then he just admitted that there's a God. So whoever that person is down here, all the way down here to this person who is absolutely so ready, they're so ready, for whatever reason, God's in his sovereignty, has teed things up, and this person is so ready to hear the gospel. They're so ready to hear the name of Christ. Those are two different conversations, y'all. Way different conversations. And everybody is on that line somewhere. So there's not, a, there's not just this one-size-fits-all thing. Does that make sense? Okay. That's got, that needs to make sense. So I don't have this magic formula. But I do have a place that I guarantee you a million percent that you can start and I can start with everybody any day of the week. Five easy-to-remember words. That's the name of today's message, five words. There's a guy named Craig Groeschel. Any of y'all ever heard of Raise your hand if you've heard of Craig Groeschel. Can you say that? Say Groeschel. It's kind of a cool name, one, two, three. Groeschel. He's a writer. He's a pastor. And he uses these five words for his volunteers, his volunteer teams in his church. But I'm taking those five words because I think they apply to every single human that you will ever meet in your entire life. These five words will open the door for an atheist, for a God-hater, and they'll open the door for somebody who maybe is a Christian, but they've kind of wandered off into the sunset for 10 years. These five words will work, and these five words are, I notice and you matter. I notice and you matter, and I'm telling y'all, you may not have the right answer for every single question that anybody ever has. And let me tell you this. Let me just get this out there. Neither does your pastor. Neither does any pastor. I don't have the right answer for every single question. I definitely don't. But I can convey I notice and you matter. You may not have the most persuasive speech in the world. You may not have the most earth shattering like dramatic laying in a ditch bleeding. Lord save me right now and I'll I'll give you the rest of my life kind of testimony. You may not have that, but as an aside, let me say this a heart transplant is a heart transplant. Your testimony is your testimony. People can argue with you theologically about anything they want, but they can't can't argue with your story, right? And and if you if you are a new creation and I'm a new creation, my new creation-ness is ain't no different than your new creation-ness. But you may not have the most crazy dramatic testimony but if you're a Christ follower you got a testimony and you know all of those things you may not have the answers to all the questions you may not have the most persuasive speech you may not have the most dramatic testimony in the world but you do have the ability to notice people and let them know that you care about them to notice people to let them know that they matter And you know why they matter? Because they matter to God. They matter to God. If they matter to God, they need to matter to you. They need to matter to me. Whether it be a dude living on the street, they matter, y'all. They matter. Whether it be a six-month-old baby in China whose mama just put her on the curb, wrapped her up, swallowed her real nice, but put her on the curb, she matters. She matters. And you matter. And you matter. And people need to know that. And you can do that. It doesn't take all kind of crazy skill to let somebody know that they matter. And your efforts may not eventually lead that person to salvation. It may not lead them to the foot of the cross. But at least it's a place that means you can start with anybody. With anybody. Remember uh, Jesus' words in Matthew 25 when he said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Come down a few verses to verse 37, listen to what he said. And Jesus is giving a little bit more of an explanation of that day. Verse 37 says, Then the righteous will answer him. The righteous will answer Jesus, saying, Well, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Well, when did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and, and clothe you? When did all this stuff happen? And when did we see you sick or in prison? And visit you. Lord, when did all that happen? And Jesus said this. Bible says the king will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me. As you did it to them, you did it to me. Right? And I'm going to say this. On that day, on that day, first and foremost, what you're going to care about is where you personally stand with him. On this earth, where did you stand with, with, with Christ? But after that, the main thing that you're gonna care about is how you touched the lives of others. How you touched the lives of others. Y'all, the cool thing about this thought is that the bar ain't that high for touching the life of another. It's not too hard to make somebody feel like they matter. It's not hard. It's not gonna cost you a bunch of dollars. Like, it's not, it's not too hard. Jesus made it crystal clear that, that it's not difficult to receive a reward on that last day. Look at verse 42 of Matthew chapter 10. Think about these words. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. The bar is not that high. Did you see that? It counts a cup of water, just a cup of cold water. I love it. It's like Jesus is saying to them, just get beyond yourself a little bit. Just a little bit. Like, not a lot. You don't have to go feed 100,000 people. You know, just something. Get beyond your own self just a little bit, and I'll take it. That's what he's saying. Get beyond yourself a little bit, I'll take it. It'll count. You open the door for the guy in the wheelchair. It counts. It counts. You smile at the... Mean old lady next door with a yapping dog that's all over your nerves. You smiled at her. It counts. It counts. You build a fire in your backyard so some dude can go live on Facebook every night and share the gospel. It counts. You compliment your wife. A little bitty compliment. You compliment your wife. It counts. All these little things, they, have it, they, they really, y'all, they can have such eternal, eternal consequences, eternal impact. Just a few kind words. Kindness seems like this lost art in, in the world today. I'll tell you about a, a kid in Iowa. There's a storm flooded a major city in Iowa, and people a major flood wrecked this city and people are trying to gather up their stuff and it's all wet and stuff is floating around they're trying to gather up their stuff. One a police officer saw this. Saw this sight. It changed his heart. He said he said, it changed his heart. He saw this little boy, and this little boy is carrying another little boy on his back, and he's also carrying all this stuff, luggage and bags and trying to carry all these things, but he's also got this other little boy on his back, and the policeman goes over to the little boy, and he says, little boy, you're trying to do too much, son. You're trying to do way too much. You got all these bags, and you got this luggage, and you got stuff hanging all over you, and you got this little boy on your shoulders, it is too much weight for you, son. He said, it's too heavy. It's too heavy. And the, and the little boy looks back up at the policeman, and he says, he ain't heavy. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Y'all, when you know that somebody is your brother, when you know somebody is your sister, when you're looking through the lens that says, he's my neighbor. She's my neighbor. It's way easier to carry the weight. It's way easy to share a burden. It's way easier to speak with kindness. It's way easier to act upon the kindness. A little compliment can go so far. I may indict myself a little bit, though, because I can have a problem with this because I can be be woefully self-centered, self-focused. And I kind of see it like there's levels of tears of selflessness. Like levels of selflessness. And I'm not saying that God sees it that way, but I'm, I'm sharing the idea to explain how I want to grow personally in this area in my personal life. And what I'm going to call this is next-level kindness. You should have that in your worship guide. Next-level kindness. I believe that this starting level, let's call it the pre-K of kindness. The pre-K of kindness is where you don't you don't shove other people out of the way when when the fire alarm goes off or finally you don't you don't have to be the focus of attention. You don't have to always have the last word in a conversation. You don't have to be the smartest guy or lady in in the room. Probably most of us listening or here probably most of us have graduated I'm gonna guess have probably graduated from from pre-K in that area I guess that a lot of us I'm speaking for myself can get stuck in let's call it elementary school and that is the level of selflessness where you can let other people go first you can actually share with other folks when people are with you you make an effort to put them first but like grade school kids when they're out of sight they're out of mind I can get so stuck in that spot. And I want to get beyond that spot. I think the middle school, high school level of kindness, the middle school, high school level of self, uh, selflessness is when people aren't with you, you still think about them. When they're not with you, you still pray for them. You consider how you can be a blessing somehow in their life. You pray for them college kind of level is not only to think about them when they're not with you but also to sacrifice your own well being for them to sacrifice your stuff for them to sacrifice a little bit of your comfort for them these are the people who turn their houses into orphanages because they just can't quit bringing kids home these are the people who adopted five children because a woman was was persuaded not to kill them and she put them up for adoption. These are people that said, give me all five of them. Those are the people that are working on their doctorate degree like in kindness. These are people who moved to Malaysia or Pakistan to spread the gospel. And of course, Jesus gave us the absolute, most ultimate example of selflessness when he sacrificed his life for us when we were total enemies of His when we were spitting on Him and cussing Him out. Think about that. Think about that. He willingly, the Bible tells us, He willingly jumped on the cross as we're cussing Him out. We were enemies of His and He died for us. That's the ultimate uh, template for selflessness. So He, of course, He is our model and I'll say this, if reaching out to to people, to other people, if it begins with I notice and you matter, how do we take, because I'm telling you, I want to get to the next step personally. I want to move up the, I want to move into high school or college somewhere. Well, how do we do that? How do we get beyond the pre-K of kindness and get into some doctoral program somewhere? And again, I don't have the some magic bullet formula thing, but I've got a method. But I want you to know that if you, and it's simple too, y'all, I've got a method, but if you actually do what I'm about to tell you to do your life is going to change from this moment on and it's super it is super simple but it does change everything and it will radically change the conversation on that day when you are standing before the Lord when you're standing before him you're going to give an account of how you touched or ignored the people around you That's part of that deal talking about a prayer, but it's not a big fancy wordy prayer. It's not a big churchy language prayer. It's not a big theological prayer. It's not a prayer that you check a box, say one time, and move down the road. It's a prayer that needs to become part of your life, part of your daily life. It needs to be a spiritual discipline for me and you. It needs to be a regular part of every day. A regular part of every day. Pray it every time you see somebody in pain. Pray it every time you see somebody struggling. Pray it every time you see somebody that needs something. Pray it every time that God puts somebody into your mind. Pray it every time that you notice somebody that you see somebody and you want to make sure that that person knows that they matter. And why do they matter? Because they matter to God. So they matter to me and they matter to you. And I promise you If you will honestly pray this every single day about someone, your life is going to change. Your life is going to change. You ready? You ready to hear this? You ready to graduate to college or something? Here it is. Lord, what do they need? Lord, what do they need? It's part one. Part two is what should I do? What do they need and what should I do? that is so simple y'all but can you see how that can change everything it can change the way you view even that person or that situation show you how it works or how it can work say you got a friend who lost a loved one a month ago their mama passed away or their daddy passed away or something you know what do you do if you're like me if you're like me you really don't know what to say raise your hand if you have a friend ever had a friend who lost somebody and you just don't know what to say it's not some magical class in seminary that gives you those right words so what do we say typically what what is it that we say I'm so sorry how can I help and they typically say I'm good or they say will will you just pray for me so you promise that you're going to pray and then you forget let me change that and then I forget And then not much actually happens after that until the next time you see them and you feel a little awkward because you told them you're going to pray and then you didn't pray. Raise your hand if you've ever done that. Like, it happens. Now imagine, though, if you committed to what we're talking about today that before before you, when you find out about that person's loss, before you ever talk to them, you prayed, Lord, what do they need? What does he need? What does she need? And then the thought comes into your mind, that they need to know that they're not alone. They need to know, the Lord just impresses on you, they need to know that they're not alone. And then, Lord, what should I do? Not long after that prayer, what should I do? This idea comes into your head, ask them to go have a cup of coffee tomorrow morning. Y'all, this is pragmatic real stuff. This is not some deep theology. Lord, what do they need? They need to know that they're not alone. Lord, what should I do? Ask them to go have a cup of coffee. And so when you call them, you don't have, you don't get this usual, almost impossible to answer question, how can I help? Instead, you just say, hey, brother, you want to go have a cup of coffee tomorrow morning? And just like that, you're moving, you're, you're moving in the right direction. This is such a small thing, but it's such a big thing at the same time. Think about how, if we all did this, how our lives, how our churches, how our community, how our city, our state, how the world would change. If we would all make this a regular discipline where we prayed every day for somebody else. And I'm not talking, I'm not telling you to go get in your war room at their house and get down on your knees and pray for, the, for that person for an hour. I'm not saying that. It's just, Lord, what do they need? What is it that they need? And if, what if this prayer was as much a part of our lives as brushing your teeth every morning and brushing your teeth every evening? Y'all do understand that you should brush your teeth every morning and every evening. What if it was as much a part of our life as that? What if it was as much a part of our life as picking up scripture and reading it for five or ten minutes every day? And you can't do, don't make this so big, you cannot do it, I cannot do it, for everyone. I can't. I can do it for anyone and I should be doing it for someone. Remember those three words, y'all, everyone, anyone, and someone. You can't do it for everybody, but you can do it for anybody, and every day we should be doing it for somebody. It, it works on all kind of different levels. For it, it can work for the mean people. The mean people at the tag office while you're waiting in line. How I many Raise your hand you've been at the tag office waiting in line for 45 minutes. And so it, it, it can work for them while you're standing in line, and you say, God, what do they need because you're having some unholy thoughts about them. You know, Lord, what do they need? Well, I think they need a little compassion. Well, okay, Lord, what should I do about that? Well, I could tell them how much I appreciate the hard work that they do. You know how far that'll go? You want to be a witness for Christ? You got your little cross on, and you say to them, rather than being a jerk to them, you tell them how good a job that they're doing. It counts, y'all, it counts. You're at a restaurant and the waitress, you don't know that waitress could be a single mom with six kids, she's working three jobs trying to tell you you don't know what her day was like you don't know what her day was like how far does it go when you say to that waitress you are doing a fine job I don't know if anybody's told you that today you're doing a fine job is there anything I can pray for you about you know how far that goes y'all it counts what if you wrote a little note to the manager of the restaurant and said Betty Sue brought me my hash browns and she did such a fine job y'all it counts Counts it goes so so far, and the prayer can work like instantly. You see a homeless guy on the street, well, Lord, what does he want? Lord, what does he need? Dignity comes into your mind. Well, what, what should I do about that, Lord? Well, how about you walk over to him, put your arm around him, look him in the guy in the eye, shake his hand, and say, God has not forsaken you, God has not forgotten about you. You know, how many homeless folks? The first thing they feel like is God has put them to the curb, that God has has forgotten about them. How about he puts on your heart to let them know, has God forgotten about any of y'all? Absolutely not. He's not in the business of forgetting about folks. How about if we conveyed that to a lost and dying world? Y'all, it counts. It can be for big issues, long issues. You might pray every day, God, my daughter is really struggling. What is it that she needs? And one day, and you may pray that for a week, and one day it comes into your mind that 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 she needs to know that I am there for her no matter what. Well, what should I do about that, Lord? Well, how about call her every day, just to call her, not because you need something, just to call her and just to just to talk to her. It counts. It counts. It can happen with the jerk at work or school that nobody maybe even likes, and you pray well. Lord, what does that jerk need? That's a weird prayer, is it not? God said he needs a hug. And then you might pray, well, Lord, bring somebody along to hug him. No, go hug him. Go, go hug him. Hugs go a long way, y'all. It's an effective prayer. But it can be a dangerous prayer. James chapter 4, verse 17 says, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin." The danger with that prayer is as things come into your mind as the Lord reveals things in Scripture or do you just start thinking about it, you gotta follow through. You gotta follow through. What if it was God, that couple that you put in my mind this morning? What is it that they need? Well, they need a car. They need a car to get to work. Mr. So and so found a job, they have no car, he needs a car to go to work. Well, Lord, what do you want what do you want me to do about it? Well, buy him a car, brilliant right now you're playing with the big boys playing with the big boys college level doctorate level kindness I want to ask y'all to consider doing this with me you start by finding one person where your actions and your words say I notice and you matter just one person one person a day not 50 people a day find one person a day Maybe even pray for that one person every day for a few weeks. And God may not immediately answer the prayer. I don't think you're going to have to go be buying a car. But maybe you do. I don't know. I do know this. I'm certain actually of this. That sooner or later God will bring something into your mind. Some ideas into your mind. And I know that if you will do this on that last day, you will be so happy that you did And I know this, until that last day, your life will be chock full of ministry stories. Your life will be chock full of Jesus stories. And I'd ask you to email them to me. From now until he comes back, if you do this, you will have one Jesus story after another. And you know what? Nobody can argue with those. They happen to you. And they're your stories. And then you leverage those stories for somebody else's forever. Y'all, that's the way the gospel spreads. So I want to challenge you. I really do. Try it every day this week, this coming up week. See if anything happens. Look at the table talk. If you don't have a worship guide, raise your hand. I want to get one in your hand. I made this, I was going to say, dummy proof. I guess I made it ed proof. I try to figure out how this thing is wrong. It is so simple. It's very simple. There's six days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It says, Monday, I prayed. What does blank need and what can I do? And it says the same thing. for. I'm just asking you to put a name in there. Somebody in your world. Find out what they need. Find out what you can do. And that, that just know that need is not necessarily a physical need. It's probably not a physical need. But it might be. But it might be. If this could be a daily discipline, y'all, for me and you, I believe every single one of us, we're gonna to have tons of stories to tell and talk about how God used us, how he included us, how he maybe scared us, and then how he came through for us. What an adventure we can all go on together. And I mean a real and i am I when I s when I'm asking y'all to do this, this ain't preacher talk. I'm saying this is a, a tangible thing and the bar is low. I'm just saying think about one person a day. Pray for 60 seconds for them. Remember, the bar is not that high. It's not. What an adventure. I don't want this sermon today to be some, some fluffy, feel-good thing where you walk up to me out there and say, that was a, that was a good message, preacher man. That's, I don't want that. That's not what this is about. This is about change. This is about life change. This is about change in the lives of the people in your world, your friends and your family. This is about change in the life of our church. It's about change uh, uh, in the lives, in the forevers of the people in our our world and in our community. This, I'm talking about revival. I'm not talking about revolution, I'm talking about revival. This is, the, the, the sparks of revival happen when God's people get on their knees and pray and then we act upon the prayer and we act upon Christ-likeness and we speak kind words to each other and to the people out in the world. What kind of, you know, that was a joke about the tag office, but honestly, what kind of a witness is that to somebody at Waffle House or at the tag office or at school or at your work? You know, wherever, wherever it is, kindness in the name of Christ, not kindness in the name of Ed, Kindness in the name of Christ. What a witness that is for a lost world. Do you want to see revival? Jesus reconciles everything, y'all. Be a witness for him. Be a witness for him. Let me pray. Lord, you are so good and you are so kind. We thank you today for that goodness, for that kindness. Lord, we thank you for the salvation that you offer us. Lord, I pray that you will give us your spirit to notice people and to make them understand somehow or other that they matter to us, that they matter. Lord, remind us to seek your will, to seek your guidance, your direction, Lord, your discernment. Lord, show us how we can come across folks cross our cross our paths with the people that need to hear from you give us the ability to touch one person Lord every day in Jesus name amen y'all I said because they matter to you I said that in that prayer I've said it a couple times they matter to him you matter to him like we will never know how much we matter to the one that just breathed everything into existence It is the craziest thing. David wrote it in Psalm. It's the craziest thing that he cares about me, that he cares about you. He put every star wherever he wants it, hung every planet, and he he cares about you enough to die for you. If people matter that much to the king of the universe, they should matter to us. And there is no greater display of that love than the cross of Christ and the gospel. He is just and He is love. Well, how does that work? His justice and His love crash together at the foot of His cross. Because your sins got to be paid for. My sins got to be paid for. I can choose to pay it myself and just live in eternity in hell. I mean, I can. I got to choose or I can choose to do that or I can accept this thing that makes absolutely no sense that while I was in the middle of the sin, in the middle of the depravity, in the middle of hating Him, that's when He died for me. That's when the display of love happened and it's so undeserved. It makes me cry, it makes me fall on my knees just in, in gratefulness. Like I didn't deserve it. But His but it's justice and His love come together in the redemption that's found on the cross. It's not complicated, y'all. I say it every Sunday. I repent, which is a 180-degree turn, not 90. Yeah, I turn away from my sin, but I turn towards God. I confess with my mouth that He is the Lord and Savior, and I believe in my heart that He walked out of the grave. The Lord saved me. That's it. That's the gospel. If you've never said yes to that offer, consider it today. Consider the offer. Consider it right now. When you're laying in the bed tonight consider it let me pray Lord if anybody is listening that is in this place on this line that is ready to hear really hear and accept the good news the great news best news ever Lord I would pray that they would pray this with me and it's this I turn away from my sin Lord I believe that you are who you say you are I turn away from my sin and I turn towards you. I confess with my mouth that you are the Lord and Savior. I confess that I am a sinner in need of it, in need of salvation. And I believe in my heart that you walked out of that grave alive. Lord, save me. If you said that, if you meant it, if you thought it and you meant it, you just entered into eternity. My prayer is that you go tell everybody you know about it. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: attempt to coach, but more of a bring-along side. God, because the gospel requires a response. It requires transformation. So Holy Spirit, produce in us the fruits of the Spirit. Produce your character. Allow us to experience and know. And that's not just knowing and understanding, but having lived in and understood through living what your love is, what your love means, and how much you love us. Because when we understand that, it makes it so much easier to forgive. It makes it so much easier to go out and talk to someone about the gospel because we've been transformed by it. So Father, help us to persuade others because there's nothing worth persuading people to more than this. So Father, we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, and it's all in the name of Jesus. And we all said together, You are dismissed. Have a wonderful Sunday.